0: Hello, this is Richard Russell, and you are listening to Creativity and Composition. Thanks for joining me today. I've gotten a lot of email support from people all around the globe and uh, critiques and suggestions. One person who even wrote me saying nothing more than, I've listened to your podcast. I really appreciate all the feedback, guys, so I thought today would be a good day to reach into the old internet email bag and answer some viewer mail. Although I suppose listener mail is a more appropriate term, but listener mail doesn't quite sound right to me. So, viewer mail, as David Letterman says. First, a little news blurb. This comes from eSchool News Online, which you can find at eSchoolNews.com, with eSchool News being all one word. There's a link to this article at the Apple Computer website. Keep in mind that Apple Computer owns the software called GarageBand, and you'll see why Apple decided to list this article. According to eSchool News Online, quote, A revolution is quietly taking place in music education. With the help of programs like GarageBand, students who don't even play an instrument can compose music and learn more about music theory in the process than ever before. End quote. For those of us out there who read music and play an instrument, and have invested perhaps thousands and thousands of dollars into an education, this can be a very depressing thought. Which leads to my first email from Rex. Rex is an animator from Singapore, and he wrote an email to me saying, I love film music. I do not have any formal training in music, and I can't read notes. Most of the time, I play by ear. Having said that, I still try to compose my own music for some of my animation work. Any advice for me? Rex provided me a link to one of his animations, and I was very impressed. Also very impressed by his accompanying music, which to my ear perfectly dramatized the animation that he had on his website. And where I work in my day job, I meet a lot of people like Rex who don't have a formal music training and wish to learn more. Now, what do we say to somebody like this who is seeking some advice about how to be a composer? First, I have to say I use Apple products and I think the world of them and I've dabbled a little bit with GarageBand and it's fine for what it does. Uh, I also have to say I absolutely depend on Finale and Digital Performer as creative tools. But Rex, I think that's the point. These are tools and they are designed to help you. For instance, if I have nails and a hammer and all the right tools, I might eventually stumble across building a house, but that doesn't make me an architect. I don't think that's really a fair comparison, though. For instance, it's very possible to be quite musical without any formal training. Most popular musicians have never had any formal training, and there's more than a little suspicion that even some great classical musicians might be getting by without proper training. But for the sake of the argument, let's say music is like a language. Music is sometimes even called a language, like German, French, or English. It's sometimes called the universal language. And it's possible to be very creative with language, even if you don't know how to write things down. For instance, you can sit around a campfire and tell a great, original, scary ghost story to all your friends, but until you learn how to write, you'll never be able to write your great novel. And if you want to travel in musical circles, sooner or later, you're going to run into people who are speaking a language you don't understand, whether it's uh, sheet music or something like secondary dominance. And so I'd recommend learning how to read and write music just like learning a foreign language. Learn some basic theory. It will literally increase your musical vocabulary. And by having more vocabulary under your belt, you'll start to write in ways that were just never available to you before. And just as a little bit of a tangential issue, uh, taking GarageBand or other programs out there like Reason Uh, That's another good one that uses loops a lot. Loops are these self-contained audio loops, usually of about two, four, or eight measures long, that you can string together uh, into a full-fledged composition. The problem with these are that you are sort of reliant upon the loops that are provided by the software, things that you've downloaded off the internet or that came with the package. So, you are a little bit restricted in what flexibility and variety you have available to you, and I think what ends up happening is that you sort of become a sound sculptor. You start putting pieces together in ways that uh, hopefully will be a dramatic, exciting piece of music. Another problem with loop-based composition is that since things tend to be all narrow down into two, four, and eight measure long loops, you very literally get into the definition of what I mean by boxy music. It all sounds like it's confined into a box of two, four, eight, two, four, eight, and I'm leaving out six there a little bit on purpose. Maybe you can tell why. But beware of boxy music. It starts to sound very repetitive and can become tiring to the audience's ear. Okay, next up we have an email note from Sophia in New York City. There are a few issues she had with my last podcast on form. Sophia writes, You can have a sonata form and still have a dull piece if you don't put a climax to it or some kind of development. She mentions hearing a new piece recently that happened to be in sonata form but was, quote, As boring as it can be. And then she goes on to write, So, I think you need to clarify to your eager listeners that form does not necessarily mean frames. You can have a through-composed piece and still have shape. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Shape and form are different and equally important. Well, thanks for your email, Sophia, and I think she has a very valid point. When she mentions frames, she's getting a little bit into what I was just talking about with loops. You can have a four-measure frame or an eight-measure frame, or you can have an A, A, B, A, and you can have these frames sort of combining together in ways that create a satisfying form, but don't necessarily always create a satisfying composition. I have to say this is a completely valid point. Hopefully with song forms like A-A-B-A, there is enough variety to the lyrics from section to section to create a dramatic build, but that's not necessarily so. So if you aren't writing songs, but are writing music that does not have lyrics, you have to consider whether or not you are building to a particular climax or particular shape to your piece. I mentioned the word arc in the last podcast, and I think that is a good shape to consider. Hopefully, it is an upward arc and not one that puts people to sleep. The idea is to drive your piece to a climax and a denouement, to borrow a literary term. I think it would be illustrative to think about Ravel's Bolero, This is a piece about 15 minutes long, and it is an A, 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 A form. The form is pretty repetitive. That famous opening rhythm repeats and repeats and repeats, and there's little variation. For almost the entire length of the piece, you hear only the key of C major. Raphael conquers the limitations of the form he chose by paying attention to the shape of his piece, He has a brief counter melody to balance the main melody and he uses the entire palette of orchestra textures and colors and he modulates to E major for a very short spell of about eight measures. Form may be very important. Ravel's Bolero chooses to look another way. When listening to this piece, you are more aware of the shape, a gradual rising climax. Consider just how different this piece would be had he introduced a B section or some other development section. So where does this leave us? Well, I agree with the email I received. Don't just assume that you've written a snata Allegro form and that's that, or a Rondo or an AABA. You've got room to experiment and be creative. Just be sure you are in control of the tools you are using. Master form before you start to push the boundaries. I also got an interesting email from a listener with a suggestion for element number six of music, but I think that'll have to wait for another podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Keep dropping me your feedback via my website, www.rdrussell.com. Until next time, this is Richard Russell with Creativity and Composition saying, Keep creating!